And now, after years of planning, sweating, and going broke, here is the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belial. And alert the media. Why they would give this man a podcast is anyone's guess. And there is what could only be a bizarre coincidence or something else. Welcome to the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belial. Track drunk and stupid is no way to go through life, sir. Country music and fine moonshine. You look like the vermin-ridden son of a bitch you are. A podcast for everyone in the good old USA and all around the world. Over there, over there, send the word, send the word over there. Quality booze and country music at its best. So you're saying, can you set my country music award on fire? The music... Nice and loud. What we do is if we need that extra push over the cliff, you know what we do? Put it up to a 11, exactly. You can email the show at bootsandwhiskeypodcast at gmail.com. That's bootsandwhiskeypodcast at gmail.com. It's just swimming with bow-legged women. All social media can be found at Boots and Whiskey Podcast. The show is great, even if you're sober. Well... My advice to you... Start drinking heavily. Jim loves his music and his whiskey. A real woman could stop you from drinking. It has to be a real big woman. This is the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Great music, great booze, and fun, even for you non-drinkers. Y'all want to drink whiskey? <laughs> I'd like a Coca-Cola in a clean glass. Finally, a podcast that lets it all hang out. Let's level with America. Got your boots? Ready for some whiskey? These boots are made for walking. One of these days these boots are gonna walk all over you. And now, the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Hey everyone, welcome to episode two of season two here at the Boots and Whiskey Podcast. As always, I am Jim. I am your host, Today we have a very special guest with us. This artist is somebody who, I'm not going to lie to you, I've been looking at and hoping to get on this show for quite some time. In full disclosure, I would I wanted him to be on earlier than he has. However, you know, things, things and schedules and all that crap happen, and the perfect opportunity arose to have him here at the beginning of season two. Um, and I honestly have to say that I'm very excited that this is episode two because I've been following him, like I said, for, for months now. And I absolutely love everything he has put out to date. I think this, this to me is country music that you don't hear anymore. It has very much a late 80s, 90s country music feel in, a, in the modern era. Um, this artist is an Alabama native, and you already know who it is by the title of the episode, so I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Um, I'm very happy to have Michael J. Hughes here with us today. Um, I absolutely adored this conversation. It was a lot of fun. It was really cool to get to know him and how he's come to be. And, you know, if you go and listen to his music, I think you'd be amazed that, you know, he took all this time off to to raise his kid and, you know, do the dad thing and now now living his dream. Like, I, I respect that a whole bunch. So, really, there's not much more to say 
of an introduction because we're going to talk about all kinds of stuff here in the next hour. So sit back, relax, grab your favorite beverage, and without further ado, uh, Michael J. Hughes. Hey, Michael. Hey, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing great. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for joining us. This is, you know, for, for those of you who are listening, this is this conversation has been a long time coming. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like you and I have been talking about you being on the show for, God, what seems like months and months and months. Yeah, it's been a few, but I'm glad to finally be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. You know, just, you know, for everybody listening, you know, this has kind of been one of those, for me, I kind of, and for you, you know, this is a little behind the scenes story. I kind of selfishly pushed you off a little bit um, because I wanted you to have what I knew was going to be a spotlight in season two. I appreciate um, that. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, like I told you, you know, off the air, this is about you. So, you know, why don't you tell us a little bit about you, how you've come to be, how you got to where you are, and, uh, you know, we'll start the conversation that way. All right. Well, my name is Michael J. Hughes, and uh, I'm from a tiny little town in, in uh, Alabama called uh, Goshen. Uh, population's about 330, I think, last I checked, what I like to say. So I come from a very small town and uh, started playing music, I think, when I was about uh, 9 or 10, but really picked up guitar about 14, and... Uh, my uh, stepdad was the choir leader at our local church, so he kind of helped me learn some chords on the guitar and got me going with that. And uh, I really was about about fifteen or sixteen. They weren't any good, but I was writing them in. Kind of found my passion for that. And, uh, really, I just figured out I could I could get you know emotions out. Uh, and put them on paper and into music, and they didn't have to sit around bouncing around in my head all the time. So anyway, I uh, I would play at uh, you know field parties and that kind of stuff we do down here in the South. And uh, went to college at uh, Auburn University. Oh, thank God! Hold, hold on, I need to stop you right there. If you would have said Alabama, this this whole conversation would have been over. <laughs> well, I'm, you know, it's a you have to, it's a touchy subject down here, so you got. Oh, oh, I know. <laughs> and uh, actually, my wife is a is Alabama fan, so it's it's real touchy sometimes in our house. Oh, but oh. <laughs> but she went to Auburn. I met her at Auburn, and uh, we got married when I was uh, nineteen, and. Mm -hmm. uh, I really kind of put music off. I was, you know, bars and, and stuff, but I didn't really take it seriously, uh, especially once my daughter was born. Got one daughter, and she just turned 18. So uh, I kind of put music off, you know, to raise her, and I didn't want to be out of the house too much and touring all over the place. So took about 10 years off and really got back serious with it um, about four years ago now. Yeah. And it's put out uh my first EP was uh well first I put out a single it's uh a song I wrote three years ago called Some Old Dirt Road. It's just it was just an acoustic uh, demo really. And uh once I figured out you could 
how easy it was to upload your music, you know. I thought I was doing something, so I put that one up, and then I put a few more up in a little EP of the same name, and uh, just kind of got started from there. I, I met some people out of Texas. That's where my managers are from. Out in, uh, I can tell you how I met them if you want, but uh, we really got it kicked into overdrive about time COVID hit, and now we're kind of re re rebooting it so to speak <laughs> yeah yeah so how did you how did you meet your management team how did you you know because you know the yeah. texas music scene or the, especially the country scene is is nothing to shake you know a stick at no well i um i was playing we we do these little uh mud rides. y'all may do them up there too i don't know i've never been to boston and whatever but we ride uh four wheelers and side by sides just have little down here they've got whole parks dedicated to it and you can camp and you know bring your rv and just have you a good old party out there well i was playing for one of those for a friend of mine that i went to high school with and his wife's cousins um were in town from texas they live in red oak texas which is right south of dallas and um one of her cousins bartended at a bar in rowlett texas and she heard me sing and took an interest in it. And she went back to her bar. And one of my managers happened to be a regular uh, patron there. So she was telling everybody about it. And he found out about it. Well, he looked me up. And turns out he uh, used to be in the music. Um, I believe it was in the 90s, mid-90s. He, was, uh, he worked with Steve Holy. Um, and his dad was also, I think his dad worked with Leanne Rhymes too. So he, he knew his way around the, you know, the music business and, and everything. Well, he contacted me and his friend out in Texas is uh Rhett and he kind of talked it over to Rhett and they decided, you know, let's meet this guy and see if, see if we think he's got something. So I flew out there to Texas and, met with them, played them a song or two. And, and they said, we want to form a management company and, and we think we can, uh, we can get you going somewhere if you're interested. So of course I said, yes, you know, and, um, Rhett, my other manager, they're, they're partners, uh, two cuts enterprises and Rhett's dad, um, is a very big producer in Nashville. I didn't know that at the time, but his dad is Larry Rogers, who has produced, Man, I don't even know all the people he's produced. I just know the highlights, you know. I mean, yeah. George Strait, uh, Garth, he's worked with Dolly, you know. It just – Mel McDaniel. It's, it blew my mind when I when I found out about it. So, they uh, they were listening to my music, and they asked would I want to come and record some stuff that I have any more songs. So, I met them up in uh, Franklin, Tennessee at Larry's uh, – studio studio 19 in the sound kitchen and um we recorded our first single uh dirt road whiskey and i think we did six in all in in the first go round there we hadn't hadn't been able to get back in the studio yet but we recorded all six and we've just been pushing them out trying to get my name out there and and get some interest in uh in the music yeah you know what i've heard of you you know it's been great you know it's actually you know, for me, you know, a, a little kickback to, you know, late 80s, early 90s country that 
isn't heard very often anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's, it's nice, you know, it's like a breath of fresh air to not hear the same sort of thing. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you said that. Um, you're not the first person that said that. And it makes a lot of sense because that was probably the era that influenced me the most. I'm a little bit older than a lot of uh, emerging artists, as they say. Um, and so I grew up on the 80s, late 80s and uh, 90s country. And my gosh, Alan Jackson, you know, is a hero. And Garth, everybody knew Garth. Yeah. Um, so I try. I'm not mimicking that sound, but I like that. Man, that was my favorite era of country music. So. I try to keep that sound in my step and, and kind of veer away from some of the popular stuff you hear. I don't, I don't mind it, but it's just not my style, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. So, you know, <clears throat> with all of this, you know, I've obviously been following what you're doing and, uh, you know, we've had plenty of conversations about what you're doing, but, you know, I've, I've noticed you've taken the track to Nashville to do some stuff over the last few days or whatever. And um, so what what has made you, you know, go that route rather than, you know, a little more Austin? Well, we the connections that uh, with with Rich's dad, Larry, owning the studio there in Franklin. I mean, that's where we record. You know, we get I think it gets a pretty good deal on studio time, you know, so. <laughs> Um, really, I, when we started going up there to record and um, went up there and shot a music video for Dirt Road Whiskey, and um, I hadn't hung out. I'd never hung out a whole lot in, in Nashville. But we started, of course, going out and going to some of the bars, uh, some of the ones off Broadway, kind of. And uh, I met some artists that actually I knew from TikTok. Yeah. And... I couldn't believe they recognized me from TikTok. Um, so I met a few of them and, and uh, just kind of made fast friends with them. And I tr I've been trying to go up there once a month and just kind of, you know, networking is so important and oh, do yeah. it and doing it for the right. Well, pretty quick. If somebody just wants something from you or if they're genuinely, you know, taking interest in you. So they've been real good to me. There's some good people up there, but uh, I'm not opposed to, going to it, making it in texas we'll we'll do it wherever i like the tech music scene but yeah. being it seems to me like being from outside of texas is a little bit harder you know to be accepted over there for for a lot of people anyway yeah so i'm just trying to like I say go go to nashville as much as i can but at least once a month and uh co-write with people just really hang out and be there because stuff tends to right right now has there been a conversation about just you know making nashville home uh like i said my daughter just turned 18 um this past september and she's going to be going to auburn here pretty soon so i can't quit my day job just yet <laughs> you know yeah yeah paying paying for that is going to be expensive but um we may we may do a part-time thing for a while, but yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to be able to move. Once you're in the scene and you're around these people, like, everybody knows everybody and you right. can meet, you can get so many opportunities to, for me, it's about, I want to co-write with people because there's so much talent up there, you know, and you can sing something every night. If you, if you try hard enough, you can get on the writer's round or something. So we're trying to do that yeah, as absolutely. much as we can. Absolutely. Now, you know, we, we talked a little bit about 
you know, at the, at the beginning about your, your first EP with, um, that you put out, uh, mm-hmm. some old dirt road. What was that? 2019 you said right before. Yeah. 20, the world. I think, yeah, that was a year. I put that out in January, 2019. So that was about a year before everything went crazy. <laughs> okay. Now with all the songs you've been releasing, you know, last year and, you know, coming into this year, you know, with dirt road whiskey playing with fire. And then we're going to, we're actually going to talk about one of my favorite independent artist songs that you've actually wrote and have put out, but we'll get to that. Cause I don't want to, <laughs> I want to have like a conversation <laughs> behind it. Um, right. Now what's, what else is in line? Do you have, you know, releases that are scheduled for 2022 that will oh, yeah. come out as singles or are you going to do another EP? We're thinking of doing the uh, the singles and try yeah. to do it about every six weeks, just until we get a little more name recognition, you know. And sure. And because uh, I like I like just dripping it out there and, and keeping it, you know, it's so hard to keep people's attention these days as it is. Yeah. And uh, it just makes sense to me. And in a way, I don't like to to release a song too quick after the previous one because i you know to me that's art and i want people to appreciate it as much as i do but they don't always do right and it, and sometimes it just kind of gets lost in the mix once you get three or four down the line but that's kind of what we're looking at right now we've got planned uh at least six right now to put out for 2022 and we've got to get back in the studio and we've got gosh we probably got an album worth ready to record and go after that so that's we're incredible doing- we're talking about after we get these that we initially recorded out, then going back and maybe doing an EP is the next step, you know, so maybe towards yeah. the end of the year. Wow. That's great. That's great. So, so everything you have that's set to release this year is, is it everything done and recorded? We're just sitting on it to release it. Yeah. Everything's done. Now two of them that we're going to release this year. Uh, in fact, the next release, I'm not sure when you're going to air this, but, um, it's coming out February 11th, and it's a. I did a cover. It was an impromptu thing. Like I said, when you're in Nashville, things happen, and I happened to be in Nashville. Um, I think it was back in August or September. I think it was September, and uh, I was meeting with a, an artist friend of mine, uh, Caleb Garrett. And uh, if you hadn't heard of him, look him up. He's he's got a very unique, voice, just talented guy. And we got the opportunity just sitting around one night to go and record we were just you know playing around like artists like to do swapping songs and everything and um i can't say the name of the studio but it's a very famous studio in nashville and legal reasons i can't say which one because we did kind of a a backdoor recording in there if you know what i mean (laughs) so i can't ever say that which kills me but we uh we were able to do this and, and go to this famous studio and and uh we recorded uh a cover of a BG song, believe it or not, to love somebody. I know you've heard that one. Oh yeah. And um I put a little country twist on it and um he's singing Caleb's singing backup vocals and playing lead, but it's just me and him, two guitar acoustic guitars and two microphones. So be looking for that February eleventh. And we also did a cover of uh, Why Lady Why, the Alabama song. Yeah. Uh the same way. So that's gonna be two but then the others, yeah, they we recorded those back in twenty uh back in twenty nineteen, actually. And uh just sitting on them, you know, waiting to go. Wow. Wow, that's crazy. 
That's cool. has that has that killed you over the last couple yeah. of years of having these songs? <laughs> I was gonna say I'm biting my nails because you know you you get once you hear the final product when you go in the studio for somebody like me who's never been in an environment like that. Well, first of all, it's pretty intimidating, but those guys, uh, I got to talk about the musicians we had on there. So just bear with me, but we were able, because of COVID, I, well, actually 2020 is when we recorded now to think about it. Um, but we were able to get some of the best musicians I could ever hope for because of COVID, because they weren't on the road touring, you know? So yeah, we were able to get uh, Jason Roller, who plays with Alabama. Now he plays uh, lead guitar. Well, he can play anything, but he played lead guitar, rhythm guitar, and fiddle. We were able to get uh, Steve Henson on the steel guitar and the slide guitar. He's played with everybody. I mean, uh, Randy Travis, I think he even said he played with Merle Haggard. He's just a legend. Yeah. Uh, we've got the, we had the drummer, um, Greg Lohman from uh, Easton Corbin Band, bass player. It was Jay uh, Gorman. He played with Kelly Pickler and I think Easton Gorman too. We had the piano player from Clint Black. And I was able to get the backup singer, the female backup singer uh, for George Strait, Marty Slayton, and Alan Jackson's male backup singer, uh, Monty Allen. So, I mean, who would ever thought, you know, <laughs> it right. just blew my mind. Alan Jackson, one of my heroes, and here I've got his backup singer singing on my song. So, but yeah, it's killing me because you, you go in the studio, you play your, uh, they had me play it acoustic for them, just like I do it. And then we went in the booth and here we go. I'm, I'm singing and they're doing their thing. And man, the first time you hear that full mix in those headphones, oh, it's got, I just had chill bumps. I'm getting them right now just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, isn't that something unique about country music? And, you know, I, I've, I'm starting to think that it is that, you know, you play with all of these names and, you know, some people would see it as just a session right mm -hmm. but you know you like you said you're you're playing with you know some of the elite and yeah you know based on conversations i've heard and have had with people that there's such you know they're really humble about what they've done there's no bragging there's no you know there's no bullshit it's just it is what it is you know yeah. they're 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 professional they they're there to do a job and they do it and they do it you know incredibly they do well that's what impressed you know they never the uh nervousness i was feeling was was me it was that imposter syndrome nothing they did they were i mean it was just like playing with buddies i've known for years they were just you know may put me right at ease especially jason roller because he was in the booth right next to me and i could see him through the window and there was one time you know i screwed up singing i came in at the wrong time and I was used to just everybody stopping and we had to start over, but they just kept going. And he just looked at me and nodded his head like, no, just keep going. It's fine. And what impressed me too is you're so right. They're so professional. First of all, they don't make mistakes. But then once I had, had sang uh, like playing with fire, you know, four or five times and thought I had a good vocal on it. I just went in the, in the sound booth and those guys stayed in there probably another, for another, you know, three or four rounds just wanting to get theirs just right. They try different things. Hey, you know what? I think this will sound good. And I'm thinking, man, that's, they don't have to do that. You know, they've done their job, but it means so, the music means so much to them that they will go that extra mile, you know? And yeah. I really appreciate that. That's, you're right. That is, I think that is unique. Yeah. I mean, it, it has to be, you know, because, you know, and I say that because of all the conversations I've had that have had, 
you know, similar stories to that where, you know, you go in and you record your songs. And like you said, that imposter syndrome where it's like, you know, I'm not worthy of doing <laughs> this with, with these people, you know, mm -hmm. you have, that's, I think that's a natural, that's a natural thought and a natural feeling. Cause you know, I, I, you know, I can relate to that to an extent, you know, yeah. but it's, it's, it's gotta be something where, you know, you have your songs that you've written that you've put your, you know, your personal blood, sweat and tears into. And then you have, you know, these giants really, you know, just be like, mm -hmm. Hey, this was great. You know, keep going. Yeah. And they're treating it like, like they helped write it. You know what I mean? And that, that right. means a lot to me as an artist. It's like, these guys are artists too. I think they're artists first, you know? Yeah. That's a big difference. Yeah, absolutely. So when you go to Nashville and when you have your trips there, would you say every time is a new experience? Yeah, pretty much. Um, like I don't particularly, I mean, I like to go down to Broadway like everybody for, uh, for what it is, you know, you have a good time with your buddies down there, but to me, you hear the same music because that's what it's for, you know, is to bring the tourists down there. I like to go to the, to the, uh, printer's alley bars, you know, like, uh, I think, um, what's it called? Uh, I'm just alley taps is one. Yeah. And I like to go to the songwriter rounds and hear the, hear the artists like myself, you know, just with some of the stuff you'd never hear anywhere else. And right. They've got so many songs you, you know, you may never hear them. Uh, well, you're going to hear them on the radio, but you won't hear them for a while, but you heard them first. And, right. um, I like to go to the local. It's a little bar down on, uh, I think it's fifth Avenue. That's where I meet a lot of artists um, that I've kind of became friends with because everybody goes there. They either work there or they go there to listen to their friends too and support them. So, yeah, every time it's different. I meet new people and I love it. I love being up there. And it's it's a four-hour drive for me, but to me that's that's nothing, especially compared to driving out of Texas. You know, that's right. 10 hours. <laughs> right. Right, yeah, four hours is nothing. Nah. Like really, really mm -hmm. it's nothing. Um, so when you, when you have your next trip, you know, to Nashville, mm -hmm. will it be, um, to record? Will it be to, you know, do meetings? What, it, what is your plans as you go? Or do you just kind of, you know, pick a date and say, okay, I'm going to do this, that, and the other thing. And that's what we're doing on this, this trip. Yeah. Unless I've got, unless I'm meeting, uh, John and Red up there, it's just to go. I just... I made that commitment after we had been up there, uh, you know, we'd been up there to record and we had been up there to do the video and uh, I met Caleb up there and everything. And then I said, you know what, guys, this is, I've got to be here because so much happens when I'm here and I can't live here right now, but I've got to come up here at least once a month. And it, it doesn't have to be a plan. It's just yeah. magic. Magic happens when you're there. It's, it's incredible. So the next time I may not, I don't think I can get up there in February. It's pretty full, but maybe the end of March. And I'll, what I'll do is I'll just kind of look at where some of my friends are playing and try to catch one of their, you know, rounds or something. Yeah. And uh, talk with them, and I'll get introduced to so and so, and and you you just never know. It's gonna. I keep telling them. Of course, I'm paying for it. It's out of my pocket. I, I keep telling my wife. Let's put it that way. That it's going to pay off because. If you just go out there and be a good person, then good things will happen is, is what I believe. And I've met a lot of good people up there. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, I, I tell my wife the same thing with this, this podcast that, <laughs> you know, one of these days, something, yeah. something good is going to happen, yeah. you know, and she, and, you know, she'll be like, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. But, but, you know, it's, it's great to hear that you, you know, have such a support with it, you know, especially, you know, really starting later, later in life, you know, mm-hmm. Not that you're old, but you know, but oh, I'm old, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, you know, but like you've you've lived a life already. You know, like yeah. you said, you have an 18 year old daughter. Like, yep. You know, it's not like you're 25 and starting out. Well, you know? if I tell people, if I would have, if I would have had any amount of success at at uh, 22, 23 years old, I'd have been a totally different person. I, you probably wouldn't want to talk to me. Uh, yeah, and so. I'm a big believer in, in God's sovereignty over everything. And so his time is, is perfect. And that's what I'm trying to go by. So at first, yeah, I mean, I still think about it. I think, man, you're, you haven't got that many years, you know, you can be doing this, but I'm right where I'm supposed to be. And you're right. All these extra years I have on people are an advantage because I'm more mature, I'm more humble, definitely more humble because life will do that to you. Yeah. And, uh, I got so many more things that I can write about that I've experienced or I know people that have experienced, you know, so in a lot of ways, it's an advantage. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So I wanted to ask you, you know, being, being from Alabama and I think you might be the first um, Alabamian, if that's the right word to be on the show. So I wanted to ask, what is, what is the country music scene like down there? You know, because there's been some pretty big names to come out of Alabama as you know, as we know. Yeah. And I think you talked with, um, with one of the Wilsons, didn't you? Uh, oh yeah. I, I Chad. Chad, Chad Wilson. Yeah. And Chad's I, from Alabama. That's right. Yeah. I thought I'd heard him on there and I haven't yeah. met him yet, but he, he grew up about 45 minutes from where I live right now. Near, I'm near Montgomery and he grew up on Lake Martin. So um, it, the scene is different. It depends on where you're at. Birmingham's got a pretty good scene because it's you know a bigger city. Huntsville is only an hour away from Nashville, so they're they're kind of growing their scene up there. And of course, you've got Tuscaloosa with the college scene and Auburn with the college scene. And then um, really down, uh, you go to the Florabama down there uh, in Orange Beach. You know they have songwriters festivals and everything down there. So it depends. Now around here, what what kind of surprises me, and I hate to kind of talk bad about where I live, but near Montgomery, which should be the mecca of, of country music, with I mean we got Hank Williams statue downtown, you know, in the museum, right. but right. it's a it's a tough scene around here a lot of times. Um, I generally have more fun going outside of of Montgomery, but not far. You know, we've got little uh, suburbs, I guess you'd say. We got Prattville, Millbrook. In areas around there, they still got the, the old honky tonk bar scene that I I tend to like to play in, you know. But there's a few gyms here and there, but really you have to go outside to uh, to get people that really like country music, which kind of shocks yeah. me. Really? Yeah. That's that is shocking. That's actually well, really shocking. Well, to put my the country music I like, let's say that. So okay, you know, I mean, we we hear the same stuff on the on the FM radio that you do so but nobody nobody that gigs around here likes to play it so <laughs> right 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 yeah and that that's i think that's a fair assessment um <laughs> <laughs> so you know because 
it's funny you say that because you know being up here in the northeast you know we have you know good right wrong and different we have an image of the south right whether mm-hmm. it's positive whether it's negative you know it all depends on who you talk to right 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 um you know because because we have a sense like just like you said where it is that you know excuse my terminology but that hillbilly you know mm-hmm. redneck bar where it's you know where it is the duke boys you yeah know? And it, yeah and it is that you know how how close to that you know scene in that image in that country music style is it really well a lot of places i play is just like that you know but, <laughs> but uh but they're good people is the thing. It's, oh, hell yeah. I understand the, uh, I get that. I understand um, the image thing. But it's, uh, in some of these places, uh, there's one place, I, I better not say their name, but because uh, <laughs> I love playing there. But it is a, I would call it a honky-tonk dive bar. And I mean, I drove up with my wife first time I played there. She she came with me. She doesn't always come with me because I'm not going to drag her out of the house late at night, every, you know, two or three nights a week. But yeah. We went up and pulled up to this bar and she we had some friends that were gonna meet her meet her there to sit with her while I played and she just kinda looked at it and she said, You know, I think I'm just gonna wait in the truck until everybody I said, Come on, come on. But you go it's scary from the outside, but you go inside and man everybody hey, come on, you know, let me buy you a drink. It's they're just good people, but yeah. It is a there is a uh, there's some honky tonk dive bars left. Some of them you can still smoke in too. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's, you know, I kind of, I just, you know, being, you know, it's funny, a couple of years ago, probably about 10 years ago, me and a buddy were in, uh, we were right outside of DC and, you know, here, had, here has been no smoking everywhere for mm-hmm. God, 20 plus years. So we were down there and then we walked right into an Outback Steakhouse and they were like smoking or non-smoking. It's like, what do you mean? There's <laughs> an option. What are you talking about? You know, right. it's, it, but it, but it's funny you say that because you know, for us up here, like that's not even a, there's not even a thought. <laughs> right, right. I can think of four right off the top of my head that still allow smoking. I don't necessarily like it because I quit smoking, but it's uh, it does give a little atmosphere in there. I will say that. Oh hell yeah! Then you have to go home and shower when you get home. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Light, <laughs> light your clothes on fire. <laughs> um, so. Do you have regular places, you know, near home where you play on a regular basis or do you yeah. try to branch out? I'm trying to branch out a little more. Um, I've got, uh, like I say, four or five right around this area that uh, that I play in pretty regular, um, at least once a month. And I don't like to go more than that just because yeah. it's, it's usually the same people. Um, so I've tried to start moving to South Alabama a little more. I played in uh, down around Dothan and uh, Ozark which is south uh, east Alabama and I went over into Bainbridge Georgia which is southwest Georgia and northern Florida and um I played over in Mississippi um a few months back back in uh over in Oxford and let's see next month I think it's the second week in February I'm going out to Texas I play out there when I can at the at my friend's bar you know yeah and uh that's a that's a great scene around there you got to play more of the uh texas artist stuff when you're doing your covers but i love that stuff so it's no problem to me so i'm trying to get out there and um really would love to play some i'm trying to get in some of these writers rounds and stuff in nashville because uh i don't really know if people get discovered anymore you know like the old 
you've heard the songs and stories written about the record guy walking in. It doesn't really happen yeah. like that, but but it's the people you can meet and work with, and you know it's good to be around people that are in your uh, your interest in your profession. So I'm trying to get up there, and I'll play anywhere. We're, we're actually. Uh, I can't tell you the exact details yet because they're still confirming it, but we've we've got uh, four nights of shows lined up in March out in California, which is going to be very unique. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, you know, if you're going to start doing that stuff, we got to get you up here because you yeah. know, we, we've got some great, great spots that I think you would fit right in with, like, perfectly. I'd love that, man. I'd love that, and I'd be glad to do it. Yeah. Now, do you have like, do you have a a bucket list of of places you want to play and things you want to do? Yeah, I want to play the. Um, I'd love to play the Floribama main room down there, and uh, I'm kind of working on that, so that may be checked off pretty soon. That's just a for for an Alabama guy. That's that's where you want to be. That's we've seen a lot of talent come through there, and, and uh, well, Chad, Chad, and uh, Kyle Wilson, you know. Uh, made their bones down there a little bit, and uh, yeah. Jimmy Buffett hangs out down there all the time. And, uh, a lot of songwriters have been through there too, so that's one of them. Man, I the dream show for me is uh, the Ryman. I want to play the Ryman and the and the Opry, of course, but yeah. got to be in that old Ryman stage, you know. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's quite you know for a non musician, you know that to stand on that stage you know, gave me chills. So I can only yep. imagine, only imagine what it would be for a, for an actual musician. I was up there for a, we stopped in on the way to a uh, FFA, you know, Future Farmers of America uh, convention. We stopped there when I was, I was probably 16 and, and did that tour. And man, you're talking about fan the flames when you stand in the circle, you know, and yeah, a lot, a lot of dreaming goes on right there. So I'd yeah. love to do that. And then out in Texas, I've seen a couple of shows at Billy Bob's Texas in uh, Fort Worth and man, I'd love to do that. And uh Groon Hall. It, I mean, I could name them forever, man. And we're going to get to, we'll get to them. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. I've always wanted to go to Billy Bob's. I hear some really good things about Billy Bob's. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, just, just to be able to see a show in that sort of setting to me is, you know, a dream, you know, just it's, to see it, never yeah. mind play it. I know it's unreal. I saw uh, Cody Johnson. You know, he's he's a oh. Texas artist that's kind of making it, breaking out of Texas now. And he's yeah, he's probably my top guy right now to listen to. I love Cody Johnson's music, yeah, yeah and his story. He's, he's incredible. He's absolutely incredible. So we got to see him there, and that was it's the biggest bar you'll ever see. So it's and it's incredible to see a show in there. It's just unreal. Yeah, yeah, I can I. You know, every you know what they say, everything's bigger in Texas. So I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah. What you know what that's really like. When you got a rodeo arena right here and you know right. like wait, what? You know, and there's like six or seven bars. It's unreal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I guess this is be the best time as any to talk about, you know, and I'm I'm not blowing smoke here. This is seriously one of one of if not my absolute favorite song in the independent world right now and that's your tune keith whitley songs well thank you you're welcome um you know i i remember you sending me this song and you were like hey check this out and mm -hmm. i you know 
I get messages like that all the time, right? Uh, so it's like, yeah. you know, so it's like, okay, you know, whatever, <laughs> sure. <laughs> and it the song blew me away. Like it's it's fantastic, and I say that because one, you know, to to write a song about you know probably somebody that could have been probably the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and to, and to write it the way you did, how did you, how did you think of this song? Well, it's, it's, I like to write, um, I like to write about, my songs are simple. I like to say that I don't put a lot of innuendo in it. It's just straightforward. Cause I really took a lot of you know, songwriting inspiration from Hank Williams. And I mean, Hank Williams senior and his songs, you know, he had a ton of them and a ton of hits, and they were all just simple country songs where they tell a story, and it's up to you whether you decide if it's true or not. Which <laughs> now I didn't everything <clears throat> I write about I didn't experience, but a lot of it I did, and right. it may be about somebody close to me that experienced something. And so if you ever tell me something, some cool story, now it may end up in a song, but I'll keep your name out of it. So I tell people, you know. But that this particular song is a true story that happened when I was, uh, I think I was 17 years old. So back in in Goshen, we uh, this was before we had streaming services and all that. So it was either the FM radio or CDs. Yeah. And we used to carry around the big old books of CDs, you know, where you had to flip through and uh, find what you wanted. We had a, uh, we were in my truck one night and we used to hang out. Man, it's gonna sound like the country's thing ever, but we had a <laughs> we had a little bridge that we would hang out underneath. You could drive your trucks under there and be right by the river, and so that's where we we hung out and we'd build a fire and just sit around and play guitar and try to pick up girls and talk or whatever. And somebody would be playing a a CD on their truck speakers. Well, this particular night, um. I was playing a Keith Whitley Greatest Hits CD, which I still have the actual CD, by the way, that the song's written about. And uh, the girl I thought I was in love with at the time <laughs> was out there. And so we put in that CD and me and her, you know, started dancing. I mean, it's just the song spells it out. See, it's so simple. I don't even have to, yeah, to right. uh, oh, yeah. make you innu- innuendo about it. But it's exactly what it's about. And it's a true story. We played it until... Um, until the battery on my truck died and I had to get jumped off before we could leave. So that's what it's about. That's it. <laughs> it's a true story about a Keith Whitley greatest hit CD. That's awesome. So <laughs> was it easy for you once you were starting to write the song to throw in the, the Whitley references? You know, that song and a, a lot of the, um, a lot of people have different writing styles, but for me, if I can sit down and it just comes out and I knock it out in an hour or less, then it's, going to be a good one and i knew it was going to be a good one i didn't know how good but it just kind of came you know i was just like it's supposed to make you think of the song going from one song to the next you know so there's five references in the chorus to keith whitley greatest hits you know songs so yeah i mean it i don't know i don't i don't remember writing his thing you know i remember writing it but i don't remember the it didn't seem like a whole lot of of thought went into it which is a good thing when you're writing songs to me it's just like it flows from wherever it comes from <laughs> yeah oh no absolutely you know because it's it's funny because you know you hear there's a lot of these sort of songs right where you know somebody's writing about 
something or somebody and they throw in references like this right yeah, but this yeah. this song in particular just so seamless where i think if you don't know keith whitley's songs you mm-hmm. wouldn't even it you know it doesn't jump right out at you and punches you in the face which is also i think a huge testament to your songwriting that it's just really so seamless yeah well i appreciate that man i like yeah. i I'm trying to take credit for it, but because uh, I am very proud of it. But it's just when it comes from the heart or whatever, wherever it came from, and it comes and flows out like that, you just can't improve upon it, you know. And right. And so we, you know, I actually did an acoustic demo of that at the same studio I recorded the first DP at, just me and the guitar. And it, of course, it sounds a little different, but. Once we got to the studio, I told him this has to have a uh, steel guitar in it, you know, and it's, it needs a female backup singer. So that's what you can hear uh, Marty Slayton, the George Strait's backup singer. I can't hear it now, in, even in my head, without her coming in on the love, you know, love. So it's, it's, that's incredible. The whole thing's been an incredible experience, and I'm, I'm really pleased. It really made my day for you to say that, is what I'm trying yeah. to say. I, I appreciate that very much. Sure, sure. Um, now, with what everything you've got going on and, you know, all of, with with the success of this song, you know, how did you, did it surprise you? Well, with that one, it did. Um, we, uh, so Dirt Road Whiskey was actually written by a guy I met at one of these bars I was saying about that uh, it's called, I'll, I'll talk about it, I love it. It's called Carl's Country in Prattville, Alabama. And I was opening for a Texas artist named Bart Crow. And I met the, I didn't know he was a songwriter at the time, but I met this guy named Mark Kelly. He was in the audience. And he came up to me. And it's kind of like you say, you have people send you songs and, hey, listen to this. Well, he was, he did that to me. Hey, man, listen to this song. I think I wrote a good song. And, well, we went and listened to it. And, and you know, it was pretty good. So we really, uh, we thought, and this is where you can get in a mistake as a young younger artist. I could see me falling into it, but me and John and Rhett thought, well, that'll be the one to lead with because that one sounds most like what you're on the radio. And I love the song, don't get me wrong, but it was surprising to me it didn't take off better than it did. And then actually when we got down to the third release, Keith Whitley songs, I was blown away because it took off like a rocket, you know? Yeah. And I was thinking that's that's that must be me, is what I'm trying to say. That's country and uh it was affirming to me. In other words, you're doing the right thing by doing your style of music. And uh I still write with Mark Kelly. He's a great writer. But uh I guess sticking more to the country roots is kind of what surprised me that that took off the way it did. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you know, because you you've put it out there in so many different different avenues. You know, just speaking of TikTok and stuff like that. Um, you know, do you find that using those platforms helps get that traction a little more? Oh, it's crucial. You got to do it, and it's yeah, it's exhausting sometimes, but you have yeah. to do it. Um, yeah, and it really got going um, with TikTok because um, somebody tagged uh, Jesse Keith. Whitley, you know, Keith's son yeah, on TikTok. I didn't even know he was on TikTok. And people tag people all the time, you know, but they never, they're either not managing their account or they never see it, you know. And 
lo and behold, he saw it and responded to it. And he said, man, I'm all about this. I'm going to share this on my Facebook page. So he shared it on his Facebook page. Well, he's got, you know, over 300,000 followers and they all picked up on it. So here you go. So man, social media is key. It's I'm glad it's there, but I hate it all the same. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So have you had a conversation with him about it or was it just, that was just it? We messaged uh, back and forth. And um, he said he's going to try to get me up to the uh, – they do a memorial ride, like a bike ride in, uh, around CMA Fest. I think it's in June. Yeah. And they're talking about getting me up there to, to sing it. So I, I hope he follows through with that. But, yeah, we we chatted about it, and he was just blown away by it that somebody would write that song about his dad's music, you know. And that meant a lot to me too, man. I'm just trying to – you know, I thought about it then. You just have to step back and think. As a 14-year-old kid in Goshen, Alabama, I never would have dreamed Keith Whitley's son would know I existed, much less right. hear my song I wrote about his dad's music. You know, it's just, it's really unbelievable, and I'm so grateful for it. That's awesome. That's that's really incredible. That's, that's an incredible story. <laughs> so now, you know, you have, you have your plan for 2022. You have all these things going. Um, you know, what... What are you looking forward to most this year? Well, um, right now we've got, uh, I love going out to Texas. So that's the, the next thing up is going out there. That's the next big thing, big thing I got. Cause I've made so many friends around, around that area and around that particular bar. I love to see them and they've been super supportive out there. Um, and I'm hoping that'll turn into more gigs in Texas. So I'm looking forward to that. Now at the end of February, I'm really looking forward to this. I got invited to a to play a writer's round type uh, set with two local artists, um, Cameron Dubois and Drake. Uh, no, I'm sorry, D White, not Drake White, D White. And we're doing that for a uh, it's a benefit uh, fishing tournament called uh, I think it's called. Uh, Casting for a cure. And uh, it first of all, it meant a lot for me to be invited to do that for such a good cause. But also I get to sit down with with these two other artists who I love. And I've actually written a duet that I hope to duet with Cameron. We're going to try it out and see. And I hope she'll agree to you know record it with me. Um, if, if you haven't looked her up, please do. Cameron Dubois. I'll send you a link. Okay. Yeah. He's a, she's fantastic. So I'm looking forward to that. And there's going to be some other, um, artists, uh, like Chad's brother, Kyle's going to be there. Uh, Mo Pitney's going to be there. Dylan Carmichael. So I'm looking forward to meeting them and, uh, swapping ideas, maybe setting up some rights and stuff like that. But, and then the California trip, I'm looking forward to that just to see what kind of experience that's going to be. I don't, I don't know how they feel about country in California, but we're, we're going to find out. They seem to be well, excited about it. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, Bakersfield alone, you know, right there is yeah, is true. country music, you know, royalty. True. We're going to be playing near Seal Beach, which I'm not sure exactly where that is, but uh, it's going to be fun. We're going. I'm bringing uh, Caleb Garrett out there, the guy I was telling you about, and there's an artist out in L.A., uh, Scott Fleetwood, and we're going to kind of do the same thing, kind of a, a two-hour songwriter song swap type deal and the venue seemed to be pretty excited about it so i'm hoping 
it's just another opportunity to get your music out there and get your name out there. Yeah. And uh, hopefully pick up some new fans and followers. Yeah, absolutely. No, no press is bad press, really. You know, <laughs> it really isn't. Um, so I got to, you know, I know you've got a, you've got a couple other things ahead of you tonight. So I can't thank you enough for, for taking some time and, and chatting with me. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. Um, and I loved hearing all these stories and getting to know you. And I look forward to, you know, continuing this friendship and, you know, as things come up, you know, we'll, we'll always a hundred percent be here for you in your career and help you push whatever you're, whatever you're pushing. Well, thank you so much, Jim. I really, sure. We really appreciate it. Independent no, artists. I mean, it means the world to us. It really does. Absolutely. So thank you so much. No problem. So a few things I got before I, before I let you prepare for your, for your next endeavor this evening. Okay. Um, two things one we're the boots and whiskey podcast so what are what are you, what boots are you wearing and what is your whiskey of choice well the boots i got on right now are actually a kind of a custom pair i had it's a it's a company called old country and western you can find him on instagram and he made me some snakeskin boots he's out of texas so check them out there's a free plug for you buddy and uh love them uh whiskey man my uh, my favorite whiskey is actually Tennessee whiskey. Um, and it's the one that's in the dirt road whiskey video. If you'll check it out. Um, it's like a Jack Daniels style, you know, Tennessee mash, but it's called Greenbrier. I don't know if you ever had it before. I, I don't know if you can get it outside of Tennessee actually, but you know, it's funny whiskey. because I keep hearing about them. You know, I really do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, from where I am, you know, it's really hard to get some things. Right. You know, so it's like you kind of got to, one, ask for it. And, you know, I've I've come along, I've come across some really great distilleries that have been like, yeah, absolutely. Like, if, you know, you want to feature us, here you go. Um, <laughs> or you got to know somebody that doesn't mind, you know, doing the whole thing and getting it to you. Right. You know, so it's hard. It's it's been difficult, but it's been a lot of fun to, you know, do this whiskey collection and all these reviews I've started to do. Well, if I get up that way, I'll bring you a bottle. Sounds great. <laughs> um, so so, you know how how do we find Michael J Hughes and everything that is you? I've got a website, michaeljhughes.com, or on all the socials is uh, Michael J Hughes Music. And anywhere you get your music from, all the streaming services, it's Michael J. Hughes. Awesome. Awesome. So, yeah, everybody, go go get this stuff because it's it's good, authentic country music at its finest. And, uh, Michael, thank you so much for being here with us. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk super soon. And I appreciate everything you've, you've done for me and this show. And, you know, I, I will continue to support you any way I can. Well, thank you, Jim. Appreciate it so much. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your night, and and thank you for being a part of the show. All right, man. All right. See ya. Well, there you have it. Our conversation with Michael J. Hughes. What a great guy, right? The music's great. I can't wait to hear more from Michael J. Hughes coming out this year. It's going to be great. Um, I really hope to meet him sooner rather than later in real life and get him up here into the Northeast. And I think he's got a lot of great things that that are going to come. 
Um, so, Michael, thank you so much for being on the show. I can't, you know, honestly can't thank you enough for taking your time to uh, to be here. So, for everyone else, thank you for listening. Um, as always, Dirt Road Scholar Supply Company, thank you so much for being a friend of the show. Rowdy Roads, thank you for being a friend of the show. Afterglow Boutique, um, everybody else. If if you want to, um, if you if you want to have a spot on the show, whether it's a you know a shout or whatever, you know, reach out and we'll talk, and we'll set something up and go from there. Uh, we got some great things in the works, I think. Um, I don't want to, can't talk too publicly about some things yet, but stay tuned. We have some great things coming up here in the month of February. Um, we have some guests that I think are gonna, I think are gonna blow your socks off. Um, at the end of the month, we will be covering PBR here in Worcester, Mass. So stay tuned for all of that, everything that's gonna come with that. Some big things, I think, coming with that. I know I just said with that a lot, but just trust me. Um, like I said, can't talk about it, but something, something's brewing, hopefully. Um, also to our friends at Roxley, for those of you that have watched the whiskey reviews, um, you know, Roxley is our glassware of choice. So thank you to them for everything they have done. Um, this week's whiskey review is going to be Bully, Bully Boy. Um, if you saw the tease on the Instagram page last week, you knew that. So yes, Bully Boy coming out this week. Full review. That was a blast to do, by the way. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, absolute blast. There, there might have been a little too much bully boy in happening, but um, it was an honest, honest, you know, honest and true review. So, and that's how we like it here at the Boots and Whiskey Podcast. So, thank you again. Go check us out on all of our social medias: Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, um, TikTok, everywhere. Thank you so much for your support. Until next time, keep the boots on the ground and the whiskey in the glass. Cheers, everyone.